Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And we have a special guest back again here on the State of the Saints podcast from NewOrleansaints.com. We got John DeShazer. JD, what's going on? Uh, all's well. My audio is acting up a little bit, but everything's good on this end. Okay, well, we appreciate you uh, for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast and uh, hopefully, you know, you, you can, can you at least hear me? Can you, can you hear me? I tell you what, TJ, I'm, I'm gonna have to go back to the other phone now. Cause I, for some reason, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if it's the area I'm in or what, let me see what's going on here. Okay. Well, uh, usually I do it off. I'll do it off the phone. So everything's worked fine. Okay. Well, you know, if you, you have to use the other phone, yeah, that, that's breaking fine. Breaking up just a little bit. So let's see here. Okay. All right. Uh, JD is, uh, Working on some uh some audio issues in, uh, on his phone. He's uh he's in the car, so we're going. Hopefully, we can get this straight here. So now we're going to try to get him back. Uh, JD, uh, what's going yeah, we're on? We're good. Okay, we're good now. Yeah, we're good. Okay, uh, thank you so much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate your time. And um, you know, uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, they get their first uh, loss in the last nine games. Uh, it seems like everything that could go wrong did go wrong in this game you know the 55 uh the 55 game not allowing a 100 yard rusher uh we seen a young Jalen Hurst just seemed like he was uh giving the Saints fits I think the uh, they rushed for 246 yards uh JD what what happened in this game well I mean a lot of it is and I don't want to say a lot of it is it seemed like it was just one of those days number one um you catch a team and you catch them on a bad day you got the right recipe for them, and it looked that way for the Eagles. It, it took the Saints a half to kind of wake up in the game. Right. Uh, they scored 21 in the second half, but that first half was was nothing for anyone to be proud of or or or, or be talking about, except for how you can correct those those mistakes. And I don't know if Jalen Hurts was the perfect recipe for the Saints' defense, uh, but he certainly seemed to be on Sunday. Uh, like I said, Doug Peterson and Philadelphia put together a real plan, and the Saints knew what was coming. Um, you know who Jalen Hurts is. You've seen him play before, uh, and so you know what he's capable of, and yet they just couldn't get a grasp on it. It, it was, you know, I, I'd like to say it was just one of those days where the Saints, in, in winning nine straight, they've had a couple of games where they weren't great in those games. They just figured out how to win that day. Right. And, and on Sunday, man, they couldn't figure out how to win on that day uh, to save themselves. By the time they pieced it together, Philly had enough of a lead and felt good enough about themselves because, you know, young quarterback, you, you, if you can't hit him and you can't rattle him he and he's got confidence and he's a guy who's like Jalen Hurts, who's had a lot of success, it's going to be tough to get him off his marks. And, and, and they found that out. It was tough to get him off his marks. It was tough to rattle him. It was tough to frustrate him. Uh, they never did get a grasp on, on what he was and what he was doing. Yeah. Look at that Jalen Hurts stats. He rushed for 106 yards. He threw for about 160 yards. So um, that's over 200, what, about 260 plus yards of a total offense. But I mean, one thing that you had to be pretty impressed about, even if you're a Saints fan, was his poise. I mean, you look at the, these two quarterbacks, and I mentioned this uh, on the show uh, on another edition that if you would have told a person that never watched football a day in their life, you have one guy that actually started in the game for the first time, uh, choose one, 
it seems like Jalen Hurts was a little bit more poised than even Taysom Hill going into his four star. Would you agree? Yeah, Jalen Hurts looked like he looked like he belongs. Um, you know, they drafted him in the second round, and, and even when Philadelphia Philadelphia drafted him, you looked and you said, you know, what are they doing? They've got Carson Wentz, <laughs> and you figured, you know, there's nowhere for Jalen Hurts to play for them. Well, who knew the bottom was going to fall out for, for for Carson Wentz this year? And then you went, then when you go to Jalen Hurts, he looked like a kid who has played for championships, even though they were in college. Yeah, but he looked. He looks like he belongs. He just right. looks, as you said, poised. Uh, he looks composed. You know, every adjective you can give for a guy who looks like he knows what he's doing, he looked like he knew what he was doing. Now, they didn't play him for the first 12 weeks of the season, right. and that benefited him. You know, he got a chance to kind of absorb and learn. You know, he didn't have to go in in week three. But still, man, yeah. It was impressive to see what he was able to do. I mean, it was it was extremely impressive. You know, if you're not a Saints fan, you got to be kind of proud actually to see what he was able to do and how he was able to do it. You know, unfortunately for the Saints, you don't like it because, you know, he won the game. Yeah, I mean, you have to be impressed, though. I mean, he did a really good job, you know, in the things that, you know, uh, you know, that Doug Peterson uh, allowed him to do. I mean, he wasn't looking around. Uh, if, if nothing was there, you know, he used his legs. Uh, and like I said, he was just extremely confident in, in his game. And, you know, it, it really showed, you know, you, you got this term out there saying, you know, is he ready for prime time? He definitely was ready for prime time. And it didn't seem like the, the moment was uh, too big for him. I mean, he, he definitely rose to the occasion. Well, from uh, one quarterback to another, we talked about Jalen Hurts and talk a little bit about Taysom Hill. Uh, you know, it's a, little bit of mixed bag here. You know, Taysom Hill wasn't a terrible day. It was 20 of 38, 291 yards and two touchdowns, but he also had two turnovers. Uh, J.D., uh, this is uh, his fourth start, and he has fumbled in all four games that he actually was the starting quarterback. Uh, What is it about Taysom Hill, Uh, you know, all these good things that he's doing, but it just seems to me like he's still having these issues with the fumbling. Um, What do you think about that? Oh, that's alarming. Um, you know, he knows it. Um, Coach Sean Payton has said it. Uh, that's alarming. You can't have the guy who is entrusted with running your offense, entrusted with directing your offense and making everything go. You can't have him uh, putting the ball up for grabs. And and the interception was, was a tough one. He threw it hot. Uh, it was a screen pass. He threw it too hard. You know, that's going to happen from time to time. But the fumbles are alarming. Uh, because he handles the ball so much, you know, he will take off and run. They'll design runs for him. But if he continues to put the ball on the ground, what are you going to do as, as a coach? You can't continue to entrust him with the football right. if he's putting it on the ground. You don't want to. You don't want that issue to happen with anybody. If it was a running back, look, a running back who fumbles four times uh, uh, straight. You know what they call him? A former running back or a bench <laughs> running. Back. Or a bench running back. I mean, it, it happens in the NFL, and guys get benched for it. So it's going to be difficult with him with that issue. He's got to he's got to clean that up. That is imperative. You can't put enough exclamation points behind it that he's got to hold on to the football and give yourself a chance. Now Sunday's fumble. It was on the fourth and two. It was on a sack. The ball was going to be turned over on downs anyway. But still, you got to hold on to the ball. You got to hold on to the ball because the stat sheet doesn't say, you know, it's fourth down, oopsie, no biggie. The stat sheet says a lost fumble, and you keep losing fumbles, you're going to end up losing your job in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you look at all of the games he's been in, uh, JD. I mean, you can even go back 
uh, to that Green Bay Packer game. I mean, you had the Saints who actually forced a fumble, uh, you know, by the Green Bay Packers. And, I mean, the momentum was in their favor. He comes into the game, fumbles the football, gives the ball back to Green Bay. And, you know, that's the reason why the Saints end up losing that game because of that fumble. And now you you fast forward. I mean, you're still looking at four consecutive weeks with, with a fumble. And, and, and also with Sean Payton. I mean, I, I noticed in the press conference uh, that he did on, on Monday, on Monday, uh, you know, the Monday's press conference, he was talking about uh, Taysom Hill. And he was a little bit more critical than we've seen uh, him being a pass about Taysom. I mean, he talked about some of those rocket passes. He also talked about some of his decision making. Uh, is Sean Payton starting to get a tad bit frustrated with the, the quarterback play and some of the uh, – you know, some of the decisions that Taysom is making. And do you think that uh, we might be seeing Jameis sooner rather than later? Well, I don't know if frustration is the word for it. I think the frustration is from losing a game that you you felt like you should have been prepared to win, you know, and I don't, and I don't want to downplay Philadelphia. I mean, that that's tough to do. They were 3-8-1 and one coming into the game, right. but they're an NFL team and they've got NFL players. And on any given Sunday, we hear that all the time. People think it's a cliche. They think you win games on paper. No, you got to go out there and do the work. And they didn't go out there and do the work. And so I think that was the frustrating part. And that's probably what brought out the frustration. But when you're looking at the film, as Sean Payton did, and you're seeing, you know, whether it's, you know, Taysom not going far enough into his progression and, and not getting to the open receiver, or maybe there's daylight and he doesn't take off. Now you start saying, okay, how can we coach this out of them? And you get a little frustrated. I mean, when you lose a game like that, there, you know, as, as he likes to say, there's a lot of dirty hands. So you can't, you know, at a game like that, you don't, you don't come and say, well, you know, we missed two field goals and we turned it over a couple of times on offense and they ran for 246 yards, but so-and-so played well. No, nobody, you know, you, you can't, you can't pencil out. Nobody can't single out anybody for a good game and a game like that. So, I think that's what happens as much as anything where he's saying, look, our quarterback didn't do some things good and we need him to play better. And, you know, I think he singled out, you know, he mentioned he didn't mention Will Lutz by name, but the kicking game, you missed two, you know, an early field goal two weeks in a row. Um, He mentioned uh, Andrews Pete, who hadn't played well, who didn't play well in that game. Of course, you got to mention the defense and, and, you know, maybe collectively instead of calling out a name, you just call out collectively because, when a team runs for 246 yards, that's everybody. That ain't just, right. you know, this guy missed a cap gap or this guy missed a tackle. That's right. everybody that lined up defensively. So, you know, I think that was the frustration that you're playing a game, you feel like you know what's going to happen. And he mentioned on, on he mentioned that, it, you know, it was kind of a week of practice where you almost felt like something wasn't going to happen, something, something, something wasn't going to go right. right. And when you get that feeling and it happens – then you ticked off. And right. and so I'm not necessarily, you know, calling out people, but you ticked off because. Uh, yeah, you know, I just think that when you look at uh, Andrews Pete, uh, I mean, it, it was kind of reminiscent of uh, when Jamal Brown was having some of those issues at left tackle. It wasn't on the borderlines of the of the famous uh, quote, I've seen enough. But you can really tell that uh, Andrews Pete uh, is starting to be in the doghouse of uh, Sean Payton. I mean, what's going on with Andrews Pete? You know, you see him one, in a, you know, you see him one week. It seemed like he's mauling over guys, and then the next week you see him all over the ground. What what is it about Andrews Pete? And, and if you um, could guess it, uh, 
why is he so inconsistent um, at the offensive line position right now? Well, that's the thing. If I had the answer to that, man, he, he probably <laughs> he wouldn't be. I mean, he, you know, he's just got to get himself together. And, and, you know, and some of that, you know, is, is, you know, whether it's balance or whether it's intensity, whatever it is, you know, he's got to get it together now. Again, he, he wasn't alone. I, you know, on the, on the fourth down sack, uh, the pressure came from Taysom Hill's left, uh, the defensive line's right. And, and that was, you know, I think Josh Hill and, and, and Teron Armstead over there who allowed that pressure. Now you want to see the quarterback get rid of the ball quicker and maybe that probably might not happen, but if he's got to hold on to it because the route hadn't developed, then you got to be able to hold up in your protection. You know, Andrews has struggled at times, you know, he, he'd probably be the first one to tell you, but you know, I've seen Cesar Ruiz, unfortunately give up, you know, give up a big hit. And he was, you know, the culprit when Drew Brees, you know, got hurt against San Francisco that was him. That was him who got beaten. You know, we've even seen Ryan Ramchek give up a few this year. And, you know, that first couple of years, that was unheard of. So it's, yeah. it's just been sometimes where you haven't gotten the complete across the line play. But Andrews, look, again, if he can't get it together, it's going to be one of those situations where, you know, regardless of the contract status, he'll be sitting watching you know, Nick Easton play that position because, you know, you know you're charged with protecting the quarterback. You're charged with, you know, opening up lanes or at least holding up your guy in, in the run game. And if it's not if it's not happening with you, they'll go with someone else. Yeah. But Jay, let me let me ask you this. Um, do you think that a lot of the offensive line issues could be the fact that uh, Taysom Hill holding on to the ball too long? And sometimes like it, you know, maybe the offensive line is, uh, you know, holding it. You know, the wall down for him in order for him to, uh, you know, read between his progression and throw it. But he ends up getting sacked because he's not throwing the ball, you know, early enough. You know, like like they talk about the quarterback having a clock in his head. And if he's holding on to the football, wouldn't that make the offensive line look a, a, a tad bit worse than they're actually playing in reality? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it goes hand in hand. You, you know, they, they've got to have that cohesion. And that's the thing about, you know, I think people, you know, there there was this, cry i guess for you know the saints to bench drew Brees and you know he, you know this and that and the third and he's washed <laughs> and blah 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 and his army but you see the things that you miss when he's not out there because right. he's played so long he's got that internal clock he understands if the line is struggling i got to get rid of it quicker right now Taysom Hill will tell you, I'm sure I need to get rid of the ball quicker because he's seen what has happened, you know, when he doesn't get rid of it quickly. But the flip side of that is the offensive line gets paid to block and they'll yeah. probably tell you, you okay, we got to protect better. I'm, yeah. I'm sure, you know, both of them, neither one of them is going to point the finger at the other one, but both of them are guilty. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's one of those where, you know, the line ain't going to point at the quarterback, the quarterback ain't going to point at the line, but the quarterback and the line are equally guilty because he's got to get the ball out of his hand. He yeah. has to get rid of the ball on time. But when he's not getting rid of the ball on time, the line's got to hold up just a little bit better. They might have to give him an extra beat. They might have to give him an extra second. They might have to because, you know, as much as we have seen Taysom Hill play, he's still an extremely inexperienced quarterback. That's his, that was his fourth NFL start. All those other plays were – you know, little gimmick plays here and there, and he might throw a pass or, you know, he's probably more likely going to run with it. So he didn't have a consistent resume of playing quarterback, and now he's kind of feeling his way a little bit. 
and the line's going to have to be a little bit more careful with him because, you know, hey, he's not the guy that you're accustomed to having back there. Again, Drew Brees covered up a lot of sins over the years because of his experience and because he understands what's going on. So he knew, okay, we ain't having a good night on the line. I got to get rid of this thing fast. You know, well, Taysom Hill, that hadn't set in on him yet. That's something that you want us, you wish would have set in on him before now, but it hasn't, unfortunately. So that's something he's got to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that sometimes, you know, and, you know, when we used to have like those uh, NFL top 100 uh, interviews, like when they used to be focusing on a player, you hear different defenders in the NFC South, they always say that, you know, I should have, on this day, I should have had about two or three sacks on Drew, but anytime I get close to him, he throws the ball at the ground, he throws the ball away. And sometimes, yep. you know, because of that, the numbers can be a little bit misconstrued, you know, like he can make the offensive line look a lot better than they actually are. You know, if, let's just say, for example, let's just say if Taysom got rid of maybe, uh, you know, three of those passes, I mean, you only have two sacks instead of five. So, you know, maybe the offensive line numbers will look different. But that, that like you said, that, that goes to show you uh, how important Drew Brees is and, and what he can actually do to help the team. You know, you never really see Drew Brees taking a crucial fumble late in the game like that. You, you rarely ever see anything like that. But uh, from, from, from one quarterback to another, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Taysom Hill and something that Sean Payton said on, on the Huddle and Flow podcast, Steve Weiss, Jim Trotter's uh, podcast. He talked about uh, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. J.D., you had a lot of people in Who That Nation thought that maybe uh, Taysom Hill was starting over Jameis because, you know, because of experience in, in the Saints' uh, offensive scheme or, you know, something that he was doing at practice. But we now learned that it was more so of a commitment that Sean Payton made to Taysom Hill in the offseason before Jameis even got to the team about uh, allowing him to uh, get an opportunity if the opportunity presents itself. But he also talked very highly about Jameis Winston. Uh, what do you think about Jameis Winston's future with the New Orleans Saints? Uh, do you feel like uh, Sean Payton really believes in Jameis? And do you think that maybe because of who we're going up against, the Kansas City Chiefs, who are a high-powered offense, will we see Jameis Winston possibly in the game uh, versus the Kansas City Chiefs because of some of the things that he can do well? I mean, as far as him playing, I think anything's a possibility. Nothing's off the table. I, I you know, personally, I almost feel like it, it almost wouldn't be fair to him to put him out there after you've had somebody else start four games and Taysom Hill's three and one. So, you know, it's almost like, okay, we'll just ride it on out until Drew gets back. Now, but Jameis has talent. He's been in the building longer now. Um, putting him out earlier probably would have been less fair to him because he didn't have the offseason. I keep saying that, and people don't understand not having that offseason is tremendous because you don't get a chance to build a cohesion. You don't get a chance to build a camaraderie. You don't necessarily understand, you know, well, Michael Thomas likes the ball here and Emmanuel Sanders likes the ball there. And, you know, this guy can go up and get it for me. And this guy, you know, all those things you find out in training camp and in OTAs and in mini camps. And unfortunately you don't have all of that. Now, is the is this quarterback of the future in the building? That's what Sean Payton says. Now, Jameis Winston's on a one-year contract. Yeah. But what Jameis Winston, I'm sure the commitment to Jameis Winston is, hey, if you come back, you're going to have a chance to compete for this starting job. And if you're Jameis Winston, that's got to be at least a little bit enticing to you because you're talking yeah. about going to a winning program, whereas 
you know, now is Jameis Winston a starting quarterback in the NFL? I believe so. I think everybody believes so. But how many starting jobs are there going to be available in the offseason? And bigger than that, how many are going to be available for an unrestricted free agent? Because a lot of teams that are looking for quarterbacks will be trying to draft a quarterback because you get to build fresh. You know, you get to start over with a new quarterback as opposed to building with a, with a veteran quarterback and they'll expect him to hit the ground running and you be in playoff contention. If you're a new coach, you know, you say, well, you know what? I get me a new, I get me a new quarterback and I get me, you know, five years to kind of build this thing around him. So you got that to take into account. And if you're Jameis, there's nothing much on your resume, if at all for this season, because you've been a backup. So, you know, you, you go to another team and, you know, you can't say, well, you know, hey, look at what I did at Tampa. They say, oh, okay, well, at Tampa, it didn't go so good for you. But, you know, we do know what your talent is. But I think being with the Saints, I think taking another shot with the Saints can work for them. As you mentioned with Sean Payton on the on the huddle and flow, it was a commitment to Taysom. Uh, and I think it was good of him to stay with his commitment because, you know, he made the commitment before they signed Jameis, as he mentioned. You know, hey, if, if Drew, if something happens to Drew, I'm going to give you a shot to play quarterback. And so something happened to Drew. He gave, he gave Taysom the, the shot to do something at quarterback as he promised him. And all things considered, I understand that he's played uneven. I understand that he hadn't been Drew Brees. I understand that, you know, there's been times where he, he, you know, he hadn't played well. He's put the ball on the ground and all those things factor into it. But if you, if you, if you tell me before the season, Drew Brees is going to miss four games. Taysom Hill is going to win three of them. I think anybody in Saints Nation would say, you know what, I'll take that. I'll, <laughs> I'll be okay with that. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, now under the harsh light of, 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 you know, you put it under the harsh glare and you say, okay, yeah, they won three, but they ain't look good. And, you know, then they lost against a the team they should have beaten. You know, so, you know, everything's in the moment. It doesn't look as good as it might be overall. But if you told me before the season that the Saints would miss four games with Drew Brees, they beat 10 and three and Taysom Hill would win three of those games. Right. I would say, okay, uh, let's move on to, to week 14. And cause I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. And I right. think anybody else would have said that. So now it's just that if he'd have been four and oh, he'd have certainly bought himself a lot more goodwill going into the Kansas city game, right. but still three and one is three and one. Now he had to get some help to do it, but, so did Teddy last year when Teddy was playing. Yep. Now Teddy, now Teddy did get into a groove. I will say that mm-hmm. Teddy played well, and Teddy didn't turn it over. That was the big thing. Teddy right. didn't turn it over, and so that's the big, big issue with Taysom Hill is the turnovers. Those are alarming. Those worry you to death because you're giving away opportunities, and you're already putting a lot more. I don't want to say stress, but a lot more responsibility on the defense and a lot more responsibility on the special teams to where they're not in a position to where they can have subpar games. So the, the you know, defense gives up 246 yards rushing and they lose the game. The, the special teams misses a couple of field goals and they lose the game. Right. Whereas in past years with a Drew Brees, maybe you win those games because of who he is, right. because he gets the offense together. So that's the thing that really kind of alarms you with the turnovers is you're taking opportunities away from yourself. But, you know, I, I, I applaud Sean Payton for, for standing with his word. I also applaud him for telling Jameis Winston, hey, if you come back here, you got a chance to be a quarterback of a team that, 
you know, wins division championships that gets to the playoffs. And once you get to the playoffs, you got a chance. I don't care what people say. I don't care what your record is once you get in there. Once you get in there, you got a chance. Absolutely. And so he'll have a chance. Yeah. 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 I think about the game against the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, I guess, you know, like you said, nothing is really set in stone. But I, I do look at, like, Sean Payton, we all know that he doesn't like to uh, allow history to repeat itself. You know, he pays attention to detail. And, you know, I, I can't help to think that maybe Sean Payton is thinking about what happened with Teddy Bridgewater. I, I really feel like Sean wanted Teddy Bridgewater to be the successor to Drew Brees. He wanted him to uh, be with the team for the foreseeable future. I don't think he bet on uh, Teddy coming into the game starting five games and winning all five and, and it causing him uh, to leave the organization because of a better opportunity. I, to me, if, if, if Taysom is struggling, it was not surprise me if, if Sean keeps, uh, you know, James on the bench, just for the simple fact that maybe he feels like he can fix some of the issues with James, you know, like I think a lot of people give James a bad rep. I understand about the 30 uh, interceptions, but you also have to look at the coaching as well, and you also have to look at how Tom Brady is performing at the quarterback position too. I mean, he's he's throwing interceptions at a at a high rate out there in Tampa as well. So sometimes it has a lot to do with what the coaches are asking you to do. And I do I do feel like Sean feels like there are a lot of good things and good qualities with Jameis he can possibly fix. So maybe he will want to keep Jameis on a bench, you know, to try to hide him out. You don't want to see you know, Jameis playing at a high level, not turning the ball over, making some good reads. And the next thing you know, somebody picking up the phone, calling Jameis Winston's agent and saying, hey, well, you know, we, ha- we have an opportunity out here for him and start throwing him the money and we end up losing him. So I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me at all, you know, if he tries to keep Jameis in his back pocket. <laughs> well, well, now the only thing about that is Sean Payton get paid to win, and Sean yep. Payton want to win. They want to win the Super Bowl. So if, if James right. is the one that can get them wins while mm-hmm. Drew Brees is out, look here, man, they're going to go with him. They're going to go with the best opportunity. And and that's the thing going into this Kansas City game. Because Taysom somewhat opened the door, mm-hmm. we don't really know if James will be in, in, the, in, the, in the role, or right. if he will play, or if he will get some snaps. We know he's capable. Again, he's been in the system long enough now to where he probably has a better grasp of it and probably has a better understanding of it. Now, does that mean a whole lot? Well, yeah, sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. And, and as you mentioned, Tampa Bay, that was a difficult situation because yeah. I think he I think he felt like he had to play hero ball a lot with Tampa Bay. Yes. Um, yes. Especially with the way they designed the offense. You know, no risk it, no biscuit, let's throw it deep, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. He played a lot of hero ball. But yeah. we also have to remember that Jameis threw for 30-plus touchdowns and 5,000 yards last year. Right. And so, you know, he he knows how to get numbers. What you want to do is take those interceptions out of him, you mm-hmm. know, tell him, throw it away, throw it into the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't take, you know, take a sack if you need to. You got in a good enough defense. I don't think he believed that with Tampa. I think he believed I got to get it all. And we've seen some of that with Drew Brees in past years where Drew might have had 15, 16 interceptions because he had played some hero ball because yep. he just didn't feel like he could win otherwise. So yeah. if you can get that out of Jameis, you will have one hell of a quarterback because he's got some skills. He's got yep. he's got some natural skills that that when guys say he can throw it, they mean he can throw it. He can right. he can 
fit it into some tight windows with that arm he's got. So, you know, you, you almost want to see what he can do. And yet, you know, we'll see what Sean Payton decides to do with it. Yeah. Let's move on and talk about Drew Brees. You know, uh, a lot of speculation about when Drew Brees is going to be back. Uh, I think on tomorrow he's going to be uh, evaluated uh, to, you know, to see where he is as far as his progress. A lot of people are wondering when is he going to come back? Is it going to be against Kansas City? Is it going to be versus the Minnesota Vikings or even the the, the last game of the season against the Carolina Panthers? Uh, if you heard, have you heard anything about Drew Brees? And um, if you can guess, what what game would you think would be uh, the game where we actually see number nine back in the Saints uniform as a starter? You know, I, I really, I, I really don't know, and that, and that's the God's honest truth. You know, I've seen him. <laughs> You know, I've seen him, you know, warm up a little bit and throw a little bit. But from what I heard, he's still having discomfort with his ribs. And a quarterback who's got tender ribs, discomfort with his ribs, it's going to be hard to play. It, that's just the way it is because, it's a, you know, at some point he's going to get hit. He's going right. to get hit. And, you know, God forbid a, a lineman also lands on him when he hits him. But that's a very real possibility. And if you already have pain in your ribs, then it's going to be impossible for a quarterback to play. If I had, if I had to bet, if I had to bet, I would say Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I would say Minnesota, and I and the reason I would say Minnesota is I would say because playing Kansas City, if you're already tender, and then having to play on a short week, that would not be conducive <laughs> to right. to having ri- to having sore ribs. That just right. you know you're already tender and you're playing on a short week. I don't think that would be a good deal. But, you know, he's a tough dude. But, again, as tough as he is, even he's had to realize this is something that's got me on the sideline. I, I can't just walk out there and shake this off. This ain't, you know, this ain't, you know, a bad shoulder. This isn't a bad leg. This ain't a bad foot. Uh, this is ribs, and this is tender, and this thing hurts when I try to throw the football. And if I get if I take some contact, it's going to hurt even worse. You know, I don't know how many. I think they were they up to eleven cracked ribs or something like that. Something, yeah, eleven. It was eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's up to eleven cracked ribs. Look, man, it and it depends on the degree of the fracture of the rib because some of them might have been a little less cracked than others. Right. So, you know, you got to go through the entire healing process. You got to get some callus there. You got to kind of build it up because you know you're going to get hit. And I don't care if you wear a flat jacket or not, mm-hmm. it's going to hurt. When you get hit and a dude who's 290 pounds lands on top of you, that's yep. going to hurt. So he's got to get completely healed from that. If I had to, if I had to make a guess, if I had to bet, you know, something, I'd say the Minnesota game. Yeah. You know, I, I look at this game uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs and I get it. You know, who that nation, they want to see Drew Brees uh, go up against Patrick Mahomes because I think it's mostly for, for the who that nation is about the Saints, uh, you know, seeing where they are, you know, as far as like being one of those elite teams, you know, you have to look at the Kansas City Chiefs game like a measuring stick, right? They're the world champions. Everybody is going for them. They only lost one game, and that was to the Las Vegas Raiders. And a lot of people want to know if the Saints have what it takes uh, to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, I don't I don't feel like you need to rush Drew Brees back because, like you said, if he, if he goes out there and he's playing and all of a sudden – I don't know, uh, Chris Jones lands on him and, you know, he gets tackled. And the next thing you know, he re-aggravates the injury. Now we're looking at not having Drew Brees for the playoffs, postseason. So I think that it's more important to have him, you know, going down the line, him being as close to 100% as possible 
versus going up against Patrick Mahomes. You know, I mean, I understand it. I get it. You know, we want to win that game. We want to put ourselves in the best position to win, but not at the expense of, uh, you know, possibly losing Drew Brees uh, for the entire season. So, I mean, that, that would be absolutely crazy. I think you really have to be careful with this type of situation. Uh, we know Drew Brees is a competitor. I mean, we, we heard him uh, talking in interviews about wanting to come back, but I don't think that would be smart, if, especially if he's not uh, fully uh, prepared. Uh, but also, but also, J.D., um, about playoff positioning, I mean, with this loss uh, to the Eagles, the Saints uh, move out of the number one spot. They move into the number two spot because of Green Bay Packers uh, winning, uh, you know, the game head-to-head. They're both 10-3. and three. Uh, Is it an issue this year? Like, we, we all know about the pandemic. We know about COVID-19. Uh, there are no fans in the stands or anything like that. Is home field advantage as important this year as it been in years past? No, I, I don't. I, I I wouldn't say so. Um, I've I've been to all the Saints games. Um, I think they're five and two on the road, and it's not the issue that it, it normally would be because there's no momentum. You know, you got to generate your own juice, uh, and there's no fans there to help you generate that momentum. Uh, the only thing that I would say would be an issue as, as with the Saints or any other team, to be honest with you, the way the NFL goes now. Only thing that would be an issue is driving rain or wind, um, heavy winds. Those are the things that really affect what an offense wants to do. Uh, If it's driving rain or if it's or if the wind's blowing really, really hard, because for the most part, if it's snowing or anything like that, man, teams in the NFL, they throw the ball now. They're going to throw it, you know, and and good and good running teams running ground games travel. You can run in any conditions. So you don't worry so much about that. And like I said, teams in the NFL now, the way it's built, the way the game is, you're throwing all the time. So you don't necessarily worry about, you know, if it's cold. The thing is, if it's windy or if it's just downpouring rain, that makes it a lot more difficult to do what you want to do in the passing game. But other than that, you know, going on the road, you know, I, I, I understand, you know, Fans are, you know, you might not, you know, I don't want to go to, I want to see them go to the Green Bay or anything like that. Look, you're going to have to be the good team at, you know, it's the playoffs. You're going to have to be good teams right. anyway. Right. You might have to win at Green Bay. And I think you have to build a team that's capable of winning Green at Green Bay. I right. think this team is built, is constructed the way they are with the defense and they can run the ball. I think they're constructed to where they can beat Green Bay. Now, Green Bay is, is hot. Right. And everything you see about Green Bay, man, that that Devontae Adams is is a menace. Yeah. He is he is something. And the way Aaron Rodgers is playing, it makes you, you know, look at him and say, man, that's that's going to be a tough out. Right. But you know what? You know, if, if you want to win a championship, you're going to have to be you're either going either you have to beat them in New Orleans or you got to beat them in Green Bay, one or the other. Right. And they're going to be a tough out regardless. So it, it really doesn't matter where you get them. It's going to be a tough out anyway. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I really feel like the Saints have what it takes to be Green Bay. And like I said I'm, earlier, I, I, I'm, to me, home field advantage doesn't mean that much. It's not like you're going into a hostile environment, a Lambeau field, where the crowd is going to be a factor or issue, anything like that. I mean, I, I just feel like the Saints have what it takes to beat them. You mentioned the running game. Uh, you mentioned, like, even, like, some of the passing game that the Saints, uh, you know, have. I mean, it's not like the Saints are throwing a, the ball down the field uh, bombs away you know a lot of all of the passes are short intermediate passes so I think they have what it takes and 
And, and then also, you know, I, I'm not a. I, I talked about this earlier on my on my earlier podcast. I, I really don't buy into that whole dome teams can't travel, you know, to to cold weather situations because. I mean, I, I just think about the players that are on the team, you know, like the colleges that they play for. These guys have played in cold weather and these guys are from like all parts of the country. You know, so I don't know. You know, I just think that that's kind of silly to think about. You know, I, I get the you know conditions and all that, but I do feel like it, it depends on the players. But uh, I, I don't feel like the number one seed is, you know, that coveted position this season. Now, if it was a, a season like we had regularly, you know, where we had fans in the stands then i would i would think so uh but uh this year I, I really don't look at it that way uh finally uh do you think uh that the new orleans saints could possibly get that number one seed uh, again could they could they possibly uh jump the green bay packers maybe run this gauntlet of these last three games and be that number one seed and how confident are you that they can they can make that happen well, I mean, it's going to be tough. You know, one, you got Kansas City coming up. Two, you got Minnesota coming up, which is a good team, especially if Dalvin Cook is healthy right. uh, and they're running the football the way they run the football. And Green Bay, uh, from what I from what I can see, has a softer schedule going down the stretch. So it's going to be tough to get back to number one. Um, and plus, the Saints need Green Bay to lose a game. Right. They can't finish equal to them because of the tiebreak. Uh, right. So they need Green Bay to lose one, and they need to be perfect. Uh, is it possible? Of course it is. Anything's possible. But, you know, if you just look at what's on paper, you know, you say it's going to be tough. Now, looking at what's on paper, you figured Saints are going to be Philadelphia, too. So, right. you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's still got to be out there. And, Minnesota, and, and Green Bay is going to be playing some division rivals down the stretch. And the last thing division rival want to do is lose to you. Right. They know you better than anybody else knows you and they're not afraid of you. Most of them can't stand your guts. So they'll play you hard. So that's <laughs> going to be, you know, that's what's going to work in the Saints advantage. Now, if, if, look, if they, if they beat Kansas city mm-hmm. with Pat Mahomes and if the Saints are without Drew Brees, if, even if they don't get the number one seed, I feel really good about the Saints where they will be going heading into the playoffs. Uh, whether they're the one seed or the two seed or three seed, it wouldn't matter. If that's if they if they beat a team like that, minus the guy who really runs the thing, then that will tell you a lot about what the Saints are made of. And look, I don't expect I expect them to play better. I don't know what that means on Sunday, but after the, after this last game, they tissed, they're ticked off, they're pissed off. They, you know, right. they don't like the way that went down, and they shouldn't as professionals. But they don't like the way that went down, so I expect them to play better again. I don't know what that's going to mean because you're playing a really, really, really talented offense with Pat Mahomes and the Cheetah, uh, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey at tight end, and Nicole Hartman at the other receiver, and if Sammy Watkins is healthy, and then you got Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the, in the backfield. They got a lot of good stuff on yeah. offense, a yeah. lot of good stuff. But if the Saints can hang with them, and, I, and, and the Saints, we saw what Saints, the Saints did to Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Is Tampa Bay as good an offense as Kansas City? Well, coming into that game, everybody thought they were, and the Saints right. completely shut them down. Right. So I think the Saints can do some things now. So it, it remains to be seen. But I, 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 I'm very interested in seeing what happens on Sunday because I think that's going to go a lot toward building the Saints' confidence going into the playoffs. Either way, whether they win or lose, I, think they, I just think they're going to play a lot better because they they, they got to be ticked off about what happened in Philly. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think we're all looking for, you know, a better showing 
from the Saints. You know, they always seem to rise to the occasion when they uh, play some of these high-profile teams. I mean, we've seen it uh, back in 2018, you know, against the Rams and also uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, we've seen it in that game versus the 49ers. So, and we've seen it this year versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, hopefully they can replicate some of those things. I mean, they were in the thick of things. The majority of those games they actually won. So, Hopefully we can be on a receiving end of a victory uh, going up against the world champs. Uh, J.D., thank you so much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, before you go, let everyone know how they can get in touch with you. Well, you can hit me on Twitter at John DeShazer. That's where I am all the time. Also, um, I'm on Instagram, although, man, I can't remember the last time I posted something. But I am on Instagram, <laughs> too. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> but mostly – Mostly on Twitter. I um, I actually interact with people on Twitter, and I pay attention to what's going on. So that's that's where you can find me. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, make sure that you check them out on Twitter. And, uh, J.D., thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate it. Um, we look forward to uh, seeing you on NewOrleansSaints.com, uh, calling some of the Saints games down the stretch. We appreciate it. All right, TJ. All right, TJ, I appreciate it. All right, thank you so much.